This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time, time Live. It's time. Talk Time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft. But I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go. Live life and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, this is it. This is the moment a lot of us comic book fans have been waiting for, especially all you DC fans out there, especially all of you who watch the CW Network, or what I always like to call it, the DCW Network. Uh, in this case, for the Arrowverse, for most of you who call it that, the most epic, and probably it is geared to be the epic of all epic crossovers that they have ever put out because this is to them their infinity war their end game and that is crisis on infinite earth this is the story that they have been working on for like i i might say damn near seven years or eight years that arrow's been out i really believe now that they have been leading up to this all along that this wasn't something that just came up maybe two three four years later when arrow when flash came on i think this was set up from the get-go and i say that because i just rewatched a lot of the old stuff which we will be talking about in our talk topic today because this is the prelude to crisis we're going to cover we're going to look back at all of the crossovers just the crossovers not every episode <laughs> we're going to look at uh look back at all the crossovers briefly and talk about some key points that i just watched um and after watching some of the crossovers I noticed some things that I didn't know, realize, and that I'm seeing now that makes a lot of, a lot more sense. Uh, they did a great job on the connections and follow-up. And if if you're a DC fan, if you're an avid or hardcore DC fan, which I'm not, I am a casual fan at best, but I'm a hardcore Marvel guy. But I do love, I don't know why it is, but I, I love all of the DC animated shows. I love the games. I love... Uh, everything, everything but the books. 
to some extent. And I, that's not all. That's not to say I don't. I didn't read all the books. I've read Titans, the Brett Booth Titans, uh, which I enjoyed. I read Super Sons, which I really liked. Uh, there's some others. There's a few others that I actually get into. But DC has never been my deal. But when it comes to the animated series, like Justice League, one of my favorites of all time, you know, you put them on that form because for some reason they're more modern. And I think that's the thing. They're a lot more modern and they're geared to attract my form of demographic. So, and and they've evolved, you know, in these elements that I, you know, I mentioned like the the games, the uh, the uh, animated series and such like that, the movies. They've all changed because they went kind of the Marvel route and started re- being uh, redirecting their characters to be more relatable than they were back then when the original Crisis on Infinite Earth came out. Uh, only a few people, only some uh, certain, you know, percentage of people really dug that that style of, you know, narrative and, and writing. Uh, other people were more into the Marvel brand, which was like, like I said, like a lot more relatable. You had people who, you know, they were kind of fantasy based on reality, if you will. But when it came to the DC line, it was like they're bigger than life characters that, you know, although they're powerful, they're cool you can't understand what they're going through because they at the time it was almost like they really didn't have any problems up until crisis to some extent but we're gonna go over all of that uh as far as the uh the crawl every crossover that has come up that has led up to this point and lo and behold i actually did take the time to read the original book thanks to the dc universe app you know they give you the opportunity to read some of the greatest uh sagas in dc history and of course crisis on infinite earth is on there uh had a chance to get back on all the 12 issues and i also looked at other research things that i might have missed from it like uh a little bit from comics explained because that guy i love him but he talks really fast so it's it's like he's trying to get through like before he started like I, I noticed that he's like his later versions are a little bit more calm and smooth and I don't know if that's a result of him now smoking weed or whatever but it, it is he's a little bit more calm and, and cool on the, on the later ones but during that version he just he speeded he's like the guy who uh, the speed talker from Penny the Penny Races commercials and all that from back today John uh, Marita or whatever who played Blur from Transformers that's what he sound like on um, on, on his uh on his streams but he's it's extremely informative but i use that as like a backup reference but i've read you know the, uh, the 12 issues myself and i'll give you my take on what i thought of the original series and um, this is from this is going to be from a modern perspective so it might be sort of kind of maybe a slat a tad bit unfair and it says but i'll try to make it understandably so and try to balance it out because i'm re- i am reading it now and i'm not reading it from the eyes of a person who was around during the time when that book was out and when that book was fresh and new and there was nothing like it before so we're going to talk about all that but we do have a little bit of news to talk about today and just a little bit before we jump in so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg all right folks first thanks to everyone who actually sent out their get well wishes to me and that's including my good friend uh molly flanagan the hokage if you will um you know i was out for the count for a bit i you know 
it's just normal code i'm still not 100 percent. i'm getting much better but lo and behold it, it happens it happens all the time i just you know took a chill rested a bit and uh chicken soup all the essentials and got a chance to watch the marvelous um miss Maisel, which i highly recommend anybody watch that, that show is so damn good um a lot of great casting in that show and tr- trust me i wouldn't mention this but the actress or the character that plays uh midge Maisel, to me she's a superhero in so many ways uh i watched this show at the same way that i would watch like agents of shield or i so anticipated because she her character and the narrative of the show is so inspirational in so many ways it's not just a chick flick show or whatever like that it is a show that anybody who's ever wanted to aspire to be something should watch it just, and the ups and downs that she goes through this is so awesome and you see a lot of familiar faces from the marvel and dc universe in that series as well so i highly recommend to check it out but we are here to talk about our favorite fandom so let's get on with the news there and let's start off on a, on a Marvel road here. Um, new information regarding the new a, a new X-Men animated series that may be coming early 2020. On the official X-Men the Animated Series Twitter account, which is owned by and registered by Julia and Eric Lewald, Lewald who is the showrunners for the original X-Men ni- uh, series in the 90s, uh, they have announced, and I quote, no, it's not a new season of X-Men Animated Series, but because of NDA, which is non-disclosed agreement, we can only say that after many months of crunch work, uh, uh, crunch work, we uh, tuned in to the thing to a thing yesterday and have already received things back. Let's just say that we're very excited and hope you will be uh, too. Previously on X-Men, hashtag New Year's. So. Looks like something is in the works. I don't know to what extent. Uh, it's obvious that we are getting a new X-Men something, uh, a new animated series or whatnot. And again, it's not a follow-up from the previous show, but it may be in, in reference to that era, which everybody absolutely loves. I mean, if you want to talk about, I, I know the, the new X-Men series right now is a really popular thing. I don't know if it will be crossover popular like it was in the 90s like the x-men people fail to talk about like spider-man was one of the biggest things in the 90s bar none that was thanks to tom mcfarlane and his artwork but jim lee and the x-men and his style and there's credit to be said for eric uh uh, for rob lightfield too because shut up what you heard or what you're saying the dude was popular enough to be filmed in a levi's commercial directed by spike lee he was friends with Easy E. You can't you can't take that back. Say what you will about the carrot like, carrot feet or whatever. People were on to his style or whatever. He was one of the he was one of the hot marks of the nineties. Bar none. You can argue all you want. You can talk about it later on after all these years and talk all this crap after all these years. But you got to The dude had something. You know he wasn't perfect, but he and he acknowledges it. But it was what it was. But. And at the same time as all these people who are saying this, they are just saying people who have not been in that level that he's been. Say what you will, but it is what it is. Um, but the X-Men was a huge, huge, huge deal in the 90s. And it was even before the animated series came out. And it was because of that 
of the boom period of the 90s what led to that series to come out and for jim lee's version and i say jim lee's version because the costume design everything that's all him that was all him like you could tell whenever jim lee comes out and does something for a comic book series his influence in there based on it could be it could very much be like it, it, it he doesn't consider himself a fashion designer but dude he designed some really great stuff and i remember asking him that i think uh in san diego comic-con at his panel i did uh, i was asking about the q a's because he kind of has this bob mackian type of way of designing uh you know gear and it, it it reflects and people people like really appeal it appeals to a lot of people so much so that we see references of it rather on car on animated series that or the movies that come out just recently the supergirl uh series and this season the new outfit that she got is very well referenced to the fit, uh, new 52 version that he designed so uh, and it's funny because people talk about how really how not great that series was but the artwork is never a part of the reason why that it was and people always love the artwork of that which was done by him so that is that's the situation there but um it really made a big deal back then and it's it'll be great to see what comes up for this now so i'm looking forward to this you know x-men has to come back they will be coming back in some form or fashion the first sight of x-men back in its proper home was in fact in the game marvel ultimate alliance 3 on the nintendo switch that was one of the biggest giveaways and that was right before the announcement that um disney acquired fox and when we saw that we knew when we saw that game in the trailer come out and we saw wolverine and all the gang there we knew this is it there's no way that they're creating this game and all this is coming out there's no way so uh, i am very interested i need to see the x-men back at the level of what they were like they were <sighs> the story and narrative of x-men is so relevant of what's going on today and i love the new story i love where they're going with this new story i look forward to seeing what they're going with the new story from here but man this is uh i i, I look forward to seeing where they're going with this and uh see what it see where it goes from here so uh well of course we'll be talking about this as news develops from there on to other news some gaming news here let's talk about that blizzard entertainment i wasn't going to save this for select start there's probably going to be tons of other news during select start next, uh, next week if there will be a select start remember i have jury duty and everything next week but the game awards is next week so i will try to do my best out there but we could talk some video game news here blizzard entertainment did me a solid they announced that overwatch 2 and I knew this was coming. It had to be. And it was a reason why their first one ended up in the Switch. It was a test. Because Overwatch 2 will officially make its appearance on the Nintendo Switch. Their uh, trailer was revealed that the Switch version will have everything from story missions, hero missions, playable co-op missions, and all of the features that is seen on the other consoles that will be coming soon. Including the new PvP mode push and the new maps as well. The new look. We're getting it all so that is awesome i i was hoping that they would do this because i i you know it's, it's 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 sad to say but maybe until the new spider-man comes out i can't see myself playing on a playstation uh 4 right now it, it's just everything that that playstation has right now the, the nintendo switch has and the smaller fact uh, you know faction I'm, i you know the graphics don't have to be that luxurious to me like 
it 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 has to look good, but I don't need it to look like extravagantly good because at the end of the day, it's the gameplay that meant that really matters to some extent. And to Nintendo Switch's credit, a lot of their stuff looked really really good. Maybe not in 1080p or 4K, you know, good, but it's still enough for me to like I can play this while I'm watching TV or doing something else or on the road or whatever like that. And I dig it. And I'm playing the same. I'm getting virtually the same experience that I'm getting on a PlayStation 4. And I think the other people are starting to gear to that too. I think that's the situation. And it's sad when PlayStation decided not to go handheld anymore for their own stupid reasons that, that this is happening. But, you know, I will be investing in Overwatch 2 for the Switch uh, unless some other reason comes up that will be the case. So I am I am absolutely excited about this. Of course, we talked about this many times before at, since the announcement was uh, brought up that I've been waiting to get a chance to enjoy in story mode and hopefully it'll be what do you call a PVE experience which I guess is just another term for offline, I believe, I hope. Or, you know, just you versus the computer or whatever like that. I want a different experience. I don't want the... I don't want to have to have the online experience of, you know, trying to fight people who are always hopping around and trying not to get hit. I want a dramatic gameplay experience like I normally would with, say, Batman, Arkham, uh, whatever, or Ninja Guy. And I want that type of experience, that, that, that climatic experience with this game. And it looks like they're bringing it to us. And if you want to play online and go that way, that's fine. But there's different options for everybody and it's gonna i think it's gonna absolutely bring in more fans it's gonna bring in a a more casual fans that have never got a chance or never wanted to play the game before because if you play the game you know that it's only online only there's no real narrative to it even though there is narrative outside of the game which as much as i appreciate and love that i still wish that they had something for people to grab onto in the game and I, 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 one of these days, I want to find out why they actually went that route. But nonetheless, it worked for them in some cases. But I think this, I think two will actually work for them much more in this case. So here's to you. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait till it comes out. And I'm waiting for that uh, release date. And with the Game Awards coming out next week, or this week, technically Sunday, uh, this Friday, I, it's possible we can hear some news from Overwatch 2. It's possible we could get a release date. It can it can come at any time. We um, there's a lot of news on a, on the Game Awards that I'm really waiting for. And the re, like I said, if you haven't watched the Game Awards before and you're a gamer, Eve three is not the only big thing now that you look forward to for game announcements. The Game Awards release always release some world premiere news or something new that comes out. Some things go on E3 now. Other things to say for Jeff Keighley now. <laughs> And the, the way they got it set up, the way he set it up is awesome. So I'm looking forward to for what's to come this Friday on the Game Awards. So stay tuned for that. It'll be available on, you can go to IGN. Uh, it'll be available on um, YouTube or whatever like that. But rest assured, we may see some things from Blizzard Entertainment and from other things as well. Guaranteed. So stay there. Uh, speaking of Sony and PlayStation. We talked about this on a select start just recently regarding the handheld situation. Well, also, also on um, Game Informer, it's been reported that Sony is also now getting rid of the PlayStation View. It's saying goodbye to the uh, to the five year old streaming network uh, that they had. This was supposed to be the alternative to cable, the core cutting method, and 
this is gonna prove my this is proving my point once again. If you guys remember, I did a episode a while back talking about uh, whether core cutting is legit or the real thing, and I did the math. Really isn't. Really is not. And now we're seeing. <coughs> excuse me. Now we're seeing some results of this, and I knew that it's gonna become so oversaturated that it's some of these networks are gonna go down. Well, Sony seems to be one of the ones that are uh, is going down right now. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment decides that they're going to shut down the streaming service in January 30th of 2020. Uh, I was a avid fan of this network uh, at the time. It was really good. It's honestly, again, again, another good product from Sony that they're just not really focusing on. I somebody somebody in our group said, I believe Anthony uh, Whitaker in our group said that they should stick to games. I. I would say yes, but also it's not just the games. It's just it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with the hardware. Everything that they make, everything that Sony makes, is quality. Hardware, quality, software, quality. Everything they do is quality. It's their marketing and promotion. It's never a question about whether this works, whether this doesn't work. Is there glitches here? Does this, you know, does it ever? It's never that. It's just a matter of how much effort and power and push and promotion that they put on their products this is another one i've owned the i've, I've subscribed to the ps view many a times for many years it was a very reasonably priced it was a very reasonably priced uh alternative to cable i cut the cord cable cord at the time for 10 years for 10 years i had i did not have cable and we i just dealt with hulu and and, and netflix and then all of a sudden playstation view came on and I was like, all right, bet I could get all this for a very for a lower price than that, and I wasn't paying that much. Um, this is before all these other networks came out, and that was that. And all of a sudden, the one thing that took me out of of actually going to PS View is they took out all of the Viacom network uh, channels. That's MTV, VH1, BET, all those shit, all owned by Viacom, which is like some of the most watchable channels of my demographic <coughs> excuse me and they took it out and it was like what is left to watch in here and then they started raising prices and adding these two years and i'm like what the, why what do i need this is like i can't watch and some of the some of the my favorite shows were on those networks so it was like all right if i do this what do i do so i looked up xfinity and i was like all right let me see what they got because i needed at the time i didn't have my my bandwidth and my internet was not as good i have verizon at the time and verizon internet was not good it was high speed internet but it wasn't like files files was not around my neighborhood we didn't hit that zone we were like only a block away from the zone that it hit <laughs> and we winded up getting xfinity and i even though i was a big fan of files because i understand fiber optic cable i understand how much powerful how powerful it is and i was like all right i'm gonna bow down xfinity regardless of the fact that i was skeptical about it well i'm not skeptical anymore because xfinity is actually really good um i still acknowledge files but what makes xfinity so different is their their uh products their features their interface uh, everything is in that aspect is better whether they have just as high speed internet or not but i have pretty high speed myself my bandwidth is pretty damn high uh, for me to so i could do all the things that i could do um and I was, I didn't feel so bad anymore, but I end up like with a deal that was like, I looked at the man, I'm like, this is pretty much what I was paying for, um, you know, for the, for PS view in a sense, or what they charge now. 
so it's no different plus i'll get all these other features now granted i do miss the the unlimited the cloud dvr i do miss that that was one of the big features that i loved about uh ps view is that they had a limited dvr and uh you could save a lot of chat of things on it you know, so that was one of the cool parts but when they lost that Viacom contract, to me, it was like, that was the, for me the beginning of the end, and they never got it back, and I was waiting for them to get it back, because I was figuring, like, all right, I could go here, I could go to uh, all of the other networks, Sling and all that now, so there's a lot out there. Hulu now has a TV network as well, so I figure with all that, they just feel, felt like they couldn't compete in this case, so... Uh, it, it, you know, it's sad. It's sad, but I mean, luckily, there's so many other options out there right now that are competing. Uh, Direct TV has their own thing. Dish TV has their own app now and stuff like that with the same channel. So there's a lot of options out there. But when you put it all together and you do the math and you put it all together with all these other outside, these third party networks that you got, like, and I'm talking Disney, I'm talking DC Universe, I'm talking all of that. You do the math, dude. You're like spending so much money right now. So I, 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 immediately took off the wwe network because i was now they're doing a tier service I, I guess but it's not worth it they're not giving me anything that i want and they're not valuing their customers as much as they should so and i not to mention i hear that the new app the new app that they're using is crap so you know i i, I will miss ps view as an alternative or an option it was good for what it lasts but you know it's sad for those who actually own it, it, it what can i say it's sony i it, it's I, I i have never really nothing to say about sony as far as like why why that's pretty much the only thing i can say why <laughs> for that new last bit of news that i have here regarding one of our favorite comedic actors out right now the man himself deadpool ryan reynolds has been in the news lately this week a lot this week and one of well first one of the biggest news and this is kind of unrelated but i'm going to talk about this anyway as a as a new peloton owner <laughs> i gotta mention this now but one of the things that has been going on for the last couple of weeks is this and i'm sure a lot of you have heard about this commercial um i think is honestly i think it's only blown up for people who are actually owning a peloton or whatever like that but it's been the biggest thing and the funniest thing ever is that the Peloton commercial with the female who come, who would get surprised with a Peloton bike for Christmas that was given to her by her husband, which a lot of people are like, why would you give her a Peloton bike? Does she, you know, there's no, in the narrative, there's no way of seeing if she really wanted the bike or not, or he just gave it to her. And I think that was part of it. The other one, there's other issues that people had gripe with, uh, talking about it was like just, you know, pushing privilege with you and all this stuff. But now the most, the bigger, the more focus on it is like, she didn't need to lose weight and she's already thin and he's trying to make her thinner <laughs> trying to make her from a 116 to a 112 or whatever like that but other people are fighting about it because they figure like it doesn't have to be that way you could project it to be mental health regardless of what it is it doesn't project itself that way and in fact when i first saw the commercial period i knew that that commercial was people were going to question that commercial for more reasons than what just was mentioned it just didn't come off something about the commercial just did not come off right uh in my and that was just me using my marketing and promotional instincts here and lo and behold all of a sudden there's been like all these articles and everything and i thought i was like okay i'm not the only one good and it just got it got way out of hand to be honest it got really way out of hand they're like there's a peloton facebook group that has it kind of it kind of disintegrated 
it reminded me like I went into this group thinking I was gonna go and there was it was very positive and everybody was going in there and it became something it was like let me give you let me give you a fandom reference any episode of The Walking Dead where Rick and the gang go into a town and they think it's going to be their refuge and all the stuff only to find out something really bad is going to happen and they end up having to leave the environment. Well, that's what happened with this Facebook group. You go in there, everybody's inspiring each other is happy. And then this commercial came out and then all of a sudden it was like the walkers came in and started infecting everybody and decaying the very nature of the town. It exactly happened like that from a virtual standpoint. And... It's, it's crazy. Well, Ryan took the actress who was been in question for that commercial, put him and put her in his own commercial because he had, he owns his own brand of gin, alcohol, if you will, and put her in a commercial that came off like a subtle follow up to the events of the Peloton commercial. And it was awesome. It was so well done. It was very subtle. You, I mean, Peloton can't say that it was based on him, but you kind of know that it was based on him. You know, so it was, and it just has her saying, like, coming from the aftermath, and she was like, she's, you know, her girlfriends are with her and saying that she's in a safe place, and, you know, she's saying to a new beginning. It, it, the way it was done, it was so subtle, but it was so genius. Well, not only did he get, he gets points for that, he also is getting points for this new trailer to this movie that he's going to be involved in called free guy the deadpool actor is playing a role as a npc which is a non-playable character in a video game that somehow finds his way to take matters into his own hands within the game not only that he decides to do what he wants in the game and it just goes balls to the wall it's almost like he becomes a glitch this is kind of like a live action wreck it ralph type of game uh and since ryan since um Ryan Reynolds is behind it. You guaranteed it's going to have a lot of action and hilarity. Only that Ryan Reynolds can uh, do it. It's coming out uh, sometime in 2020, so stay tuned for that as well. Folks, that will do it for this edition of What's New in the World of ACMG. I'm going to take a break, come back, and we're going to run it all down. The crossovers, the references, and the connections and possibly predictions of what's going to happen tonight as we talk the prelude to crisis. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey, what's happening? This is T.C. Carson, and you are listening to ACMG's Talk Time Live. And this is Kratos. Keep listening. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. All right, folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is our rundown and everything that has happened leading up to the biggest must see comic book event tonight. 
on the CW Network, and that is Crisis on Infinite Earth. We're, this is the prelude to Crisis. We're going to talk about all of the crossovers leading up to this point, whether they had a connection to it, maybe not. But when it comes to crossovers, the CW really does it. I Second only to Marvel Studios, Greg Berlanti and Berlanti Productions, I've graced this man's name so many times in that production team for what they have done for primetime comic book TV. And people don't get it. There are a lot of people who always give a negative review. And always know this, too. When it comes to whether people like something or not, and people want to be contrarian about whether they like something just whether they don't like something because a massive amount of people like something always knew this that for every there's always a very low percentage of negative to every positive meaning that whenever you if you go on a youtube and you see like how many people like a certain page to how many people don't like a page is always going to be less there's always going to be less. And I don't understand why we focus. I can't uh, take away from myself as well. Why we always focus on that little percentage. We are obsessed with perfection and we shouldn't be. We should allow negative criticism come in, but also in le- negative criticism that is helpful more than harmful. You know, you could pick your battles with that, but you should never really try to look for perfection because honestly, there really is no such thing. But you, with that said, I mean, you always find some people who may not like what the CW is doing or may not enough. Like, I just had a conversation with uh, on an ACMG Facebook group with somebody who just didn't really like the Legends of Tomorrow, which I do like it because I understand what it is. I accept it for what it is. It's not every comic book show should be the same thing i mean we got all that we have arrow we got the dark you know type of atmosphere with that we have flash we have the action-packed light-hearted type of you know stuff that also can read dramatic as well we have you know we got batwoman now who also plays on, on that same factor we got supergirl who you know there is virtually the same thing but when legends of tomorrow comes in it plays off of its own thing it's it's completely own thing it's a comedy uh they have a lot of fun doing it there's a lot of fun things about it if you don't if you take it for what it is you'll actually enjoy it but the person on our group rather he did not and he i mean to that to his to each his own but he, he you know you got people who want to try to dictate their opinions on other people to assume that they're gonna they need to agree with the same thing no not the case and he felt that he used the term the word fact in his statement and i had to jump in and was like no it is opinion i actually i am one of the people and other people also chimed in as well uh or liked the trailer because they did the trailer to the new series which is coming in uh january uh 2020 and I chimed in and said, like, no, in fact, that this thing's been around for quite a while, been multiple years. And he claimed he he claimed that the reason for his the reason that is even around is because it's connected to crisis. That is ridiculous. This show does not get a season because it's connected to crisis. Once crisis is over, crisis is a five episode series. They still got 12 to 20 or 24 different episodes to keep showing throughout this entire time. So, no, it is not just for crisis if they wanted to do if they really wanted to just not do a show and add them on 
They would have just put him on crisis and not give him a show. That's ridiculous. That's, again, this is like somebody who feels that they think that they know what they're talking about or that they want people to believe that they know what they're talking about and don't think that people will fact check them or back them up or try to get the claim. He claims that the ratings were not there. I'm like, okay, if the Legend of Tomorrow was not as popular as you made as you're making it they would not still be around they would have been canceled a long time ago much like Constantine would have been canceled much like unfortunately what else uh Swamp Thing has been canceled and neither of their shows should have been canceled neither of them Legends of Tomorrow is still here because they still have a fan base like myself like others who still watch it that's plain that's plain and simple and then of course like I always tell people when you want to catch people on their shit the best thing to do the the best three words that you can always do to find somebody to to call them on their shit these three words where's your source you ask somebody that you may have you like the negatives you will have a minor amount of people that may actually come up with the source of what you're talking about and that's awesome and if they do fine they're right there's nothing there's no harm in being wrong none at all but you will really find people retract. I, I still, I'm still waiting for this guy to give me that. It was like two, three, four days ago <laughs> that this guy has done it. He's not done it since. He's moved on other things, dude. No, don't try to, don't try to shade. Don't try to shade on me because I will call you on your shit. Okay. So I digress. There is, you know, this these crossovers are an absolutely major, you know, milestone turning point for everything that happens in the Arrowverse or the DCW universe is what I like to call it. And all of this apparently seems to be of led, leading up to what is going to happen tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And that is the much anticipated crossover Crisis on Infinite Earth based I'm going to say loosely based after what I read and what I'm saying, loosely based or just based off of the original comic saga that I had a chance to read. And we'll talk about it in a minute. But we had a lot of information after reading that book and after, you know, looking at some things. So I'm going to when I talk about these things, we're going to compare and contrast a lot of what has happened in the television series, because, you know, this is their own universe. And I can't stress this enough, much like Marvel Studios as well. We love the original comic books, but they're making a universe of their own. Since that there's this whole thing about multiverses, it actually makes sense that they make their own universe of things. This is just another universe of a universal narrative that they are creating, which is based off of the other original sources, the prime sources, if you will. And they are doing the same thing here. So while you may want some of the things to happen that has happened in the comic book, sometimes it just can't based on time restrictions, the amount of episodes that they're, they've been approved of. And after reading 12 long issues of, a, of this comic book, there's no way in hell they can do this. They can, they're going to have to condense a lot of it or make it. I, I honestly, after reading the books, I really do appreciate everything that the CW network and Berlanti productions have done to bring what we are what you guys which which us comic book fans or you dc fans especially have brought to life they have done so greatly on fanfare actually honestly i dare i say it and i'm probably people are going to be upset for me for saying this i think they actually did better 
<laughs> I think that they did better. I think the 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 uh, animated series. I think a lot of the content, and I think this may be why I like a lot of the content outside because I never. The reason I never really was a fan of DC comics back then. When I finally got into comics, it was Spider-Man, it was Marvel, it was X-Men, it was stories that felt real, even though they were fiction, and even though they were fantasy-based, but there was a hint of reality in there. There was an essence of reality way back in 63 when X-Men came out, They were regarding civil rights. Um, you had Spider-Man, who was like the everyman, you know, when he came out, and it's like, you know, people have problems. People go through stuff in life. But then you had Superman and Batman and all the stuff. You got Batman who's rich as hell. Don't have to go through, you know, poor people problems. You had Superman who just... he Everything he could do, he could solve. Everything was just solved. He had no problems at the time. You know, there was no there was no questioning Superman. He just... He was, he was the everything of everybody. He was the smartest. He was a very smart dude. He can do no wrong. I mean, like... And after a while, people just started hating on that because the reality is we can never be Superman. We can be Spider-Man. We, some of us, technically, from a technical standpoint, are X-Men, are mutants in a sense, if you really put it down like that. So that is the relatable part. And then there's other comics in, in the Marvel Universe that is relatable. And it took DC many years later, especially during the 90s, to finally follow up and catch up with what Marvel was doing and they wanted to do their own thing but they started realizing that Marvel had this niche and there were the times especially Generation X there was a time in the 90s where people wanted something a little bit more realistic um you know the boom period in the 90s comic book era was also the boom period of the wrestling era too and both of them there were some parallel similarities to both in a sense that people wanted something real and rugged and raw and and you know not you know um insulting their intelligence if you will and here you had you know dc that just wasn't up to that par yet but later on in the years they have recently come back and you can see it now you know the cw uh their their shows since arrow came on it, their shows have been nothing but spectacular like when i first saw arrow the one thing that i was afraid of was was it going to be like smallville and that, that's not taking anything away from Smallville because for, for the first few years, Smallville was really good. Smallville was a good show, but then it started, it, it, it uh, overstayed its welcome. It really overstayed its welcome after a while. And it just went to a place that I felt like, and I think a lot of people felt like it, it's just like, eh, just, yeah, we need something new. So Arrow came out. And I think it was around the time when Christopher Nolan's Batman came out. And I think there was a lot of influence in that that came in. Arrow came in and changed everything. And I'm like, okay, this this looks like a uh, show that I want to see. And Stephen Amell really did a great job with it. And, you know, I was it was funny, too, because I thought that they were going to use the original Green Arrow guy that they used for Smallville, which I don't know many people know if you if you, if you own the, uh, the DC Universe app, you could see that episode, that pilot, the guy who played Green Arrow in Smallville was set to play Aquaman in his own series. And they actually have that series on his, on the DC Universe uh, app. And it's, you look at this thing, and you're, you might get mad because it's like, this was a really good pilot. Why didn't they go with this? This looks, this was awesome. They could have went somewhere with this show, but they didn't. And they decided to make him Green Arrow, which he, I thought he was one of the most uh, polarizing characters of the bunch at the time. 
Um, and I think that was enough for them to make a separate Arrow series and just go a whole other direction. And they did. And they went from there and then they it gave him the opportunity to introduce Flash to get him his own show. And then when Flash came out, it just changed everything. And you know, when Flash came out, that means a lot of Flash. I didn't realize how much of a center point he was in a lot of these sagas. Um, technically, in some cases, he is the Spider Man of DC in some cases, but he uh, he winded up getting uh, his own show, which in fact people were automa- automatically excited because it's like, okay, this is leading to two of the most major events in DC history one being Flashpoint Paradox and the possibility crisis. And in fact, they deliver. I, and I say thanks. And again, you can a lot of it can be said thanks to Marvel Studios because you got to see what Marvel was able to do, what they were doing. And it gave Berlanti and them an understanding like, look, we can do this from a TV aspect. You give us the budget that we need. We can make this happen. We can make it watchable. We can make it popular. And, and they did it. They absolutely did it. These shows now... You can really say CW really is is DCW. I really wish they just changed it to that and rebrand that network as that because every one of the, some of their most popular shows out right now is a Berlanti series. Whether if it's Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, um, oh, what else is that? There's another show. Um, moving on to Riverdale. Moving on to Nancy Drew. Like all of this Berlanti, all of it, all of it. And that guy has been killing it like main. He, to me, I call him the new J.J. Abrams, for a reason. <coughs> Excuse me. They he absolutely is the new J.J. Abrams to me, because this is what J.J. Abrams was doing when Heroes came out and all these other shows he was working on was coming out. To me, honestly, I think he almost superseded him, because I think J.J. Abrams suffered, unfortunately, from the events of the writer strike back then, and luckily for us, there was none and which allow them to create all of this content that we have for about like eight years now for TV and just kept it going. And when we saw Crisis on Earth X back then, we knew it was, you know, some great things was coming and Elseworlds came after that. And, you know, it was just great. But let's go back to Flash and Arrow because this was the first crossover event to start it all. And, it you know, these two clicked well. It led to some other things, and it, it was a. I watched this again, and it was absolutely fantastic. It it, it did it held up greatly. It was only like what 2014 uh, in 2015 series, so it went past past that. And um, those two worked together like gangbusters. And Greg Gustafson and, and Stephen Amell just such a great blend. And you got to see these two characters blend together. Well, it started. They kept doing it from that from time to time you got heroes joining forces <clears throat> this led to the coming of the legends of tomorrow which was around the 2015 and 16 season um this we got introduced to vandal savage at that point and that vandal savage that the actor that played vandal savage was really good for the first part of uh legends of tomorrow i really did it i uh, like him he he played his part i think there was after a while i started not liking the character but i thought he did a good job i really do miss Hawkman and hawk girl uh, I, I still to this day I wish they were back along with Firestar. I, I those characters from Legends, there's some missing elements there. I really really miss. It'd be really cool if we see Jax come back in some form of fashion, or something. Um, it, it's just it's so it's so bad. And you know what's funny? I watch every crossover, but I think I missed Invasion. 
which in fact was the uh it was the it was when the uh, dominators came and invaded uh earth and um what is it, earth one no they invaded earth and uh supergirl came in so this is her first introduction and if you guys remember they did cross this supergirl was always a crossover to the flash and arrow but it was on cbs and the first season the first season of supergirl no joke is horrendous it is really the cbs has had many a times to try to do their own thing and they have failed nbc too they don't nbc and cbs does not know how to make or produce a really good comic series and then no so what happened basically is that greg berlanti and cw i believe they brought them over and to the cw where i think he has way more creative control of the character and it the season two and on has been phenomenal and to give you an idea how bad season one of supergirl was go find the episode where they introduce red tornado that should tell you right there the budget that they had at cbs and how much they cared about that show because that red tornado i've seen better cosplayers there are cosplayers out there who could make a way better way better costume of red tornado than that matter of fact he should have been cgi they were trying to do the vision thing and it just it it was so poorly done i did a comparison i did a contrast and comparison after watching that um watching uh crisis on earth x and the red tornado on there it looks far and away better than it did there. they 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 redeemed themselves majorly on that they they needed to but i gotta go back and watch uh invasion because that was a really good one too and that one did have firestorm in there and uh, i believe hawkman and hulk uh, well hawk yeah i believe hulk um girl was on there because hawk uh hawkman died i think at that time but again another great series and i forgot to mention too during back in flash versus arrow there is a hint because lila's in that episode there's a hint that they were already setting up and planting seeds for crisis even back then in 2014 and 15 because lila there's a moment where flash and uh where flash is to, i mean not flash uh where oliver is talking to lila about something and they really panned on that scene with her talking to oliver so and especially if you watch the recent episodes of um of the cw shows this week where lila reveals herself and everything as the harbinger uh to her monitor she talks about how those two met so she gave her version of origin story which by the way is slightly different we'll talk about that soon when i talk about the book but it is slightly different and i use slightly it is really different from the origin story of the comics so they have been planning for this for quite some time and i didn't realize i had no idea because I, again i didn't i didn't realize it until i just read crisis recently that lila that the that the harbinger and the uh and the book was lila so i'm really surprised that nobody pointed that out in our acmg facebook group who are dc fans that didn't point out that this lila could be that lila so this thing was in the in it works for quite some time but it i guess it just she was so subtle her character the character in that show is so subtle you didn't think plus not to mention harbinger and the comics is a blonde so <coughs> excuse me that made it that may have actually threw people off as well but um it was awesome I, I gotta go back and watch invasion but i don't think there was any connection it was just a 
a good crossover for um, for them, and it was able to get Supergirl in the mix with the gang as well. So that was cool. The same way that they're going to do with Black Lightning on the Crisis, and I can't wait for for Black Lightning to join that group. I don't understand why people. You can tell people don't watch the show because people are asking whether Black Lightning is connected. I'm like, yes, he's mentioned Flash and Arrow on at least one or two episodes of uh, of a season. So they are very well in the same universe, in the same world, um, in the same Earth, if, if you will. But uh, the bigger, and it's still to me, my favorite crossover of them all is Crisis on Earth X. To me, that had a Transformers the movie vibe. To me, it, the way that it started with the wedding and everybody's coming to the wedding and all the stuff, to all... the. And, and the reason why I compare it to Transformers the movie, by the way, is because if you watch Transformers the movie, yeah, there was some crazy stuff that happened in the beginning, but there were some good things that happened leading into some really bad stuff and then leading into some surprise and shocking situations and deaths and everything into some really, you know, climatic situations at the end. I felt that's why I said vibe. Crisis on Earth X gave me that same vibe. I mean, it was the fourth annual crossover uh, that shared. It was came out in 2017 and 18. Uh, and, and not only that, and I mentioned about how if the if the Legends of Tomorrow, if they really wanted to like give a Legends of Tomorrow a show, a season, they could have just put them on here. On Crisis on Earth X, the Freedom Fighters are in that episode. And it also was a web series for the Freedom Fighters as well, uh, which included the Ray, <coughs> excuse me, who also made an appearance on the show. And they, I mean, they just, they were in there and they made their, they did their situation. We never saw them again. They never did a show for them. They did the miniseries, which was like a five, five minute clips of the episode. That's it. They didn't have to break. They didn't have to give them a series. And they didn't give him a series. They, you know, they didn't have to give Legends of Tomorrow series, but they gave him a series because there are people who watch Legends of Tomorrow. This is plain and simple. May not be the biggest amount of people, may not be the highest ratings in the world, but it's enough to satisfy the CW network. Plain and simple. So again, if he just happened to be listening, if you can find that source for me, I would be greatly appreciated. You know. So, but I digress. This is where you know you got Earth X and you got Oliver. Uh, Supergirl and you got Flash going up against their alter well not even Flash Flash didn't because Flash's um, nemesis reverse, reverse Flash Eobard Thong came comes back and somehow he comes back after being killed again and he finds a way he finds his way back in at this time teaming up with a Nazi, a Nazi version of Oliver Queen and Kara Danvers. And they did a great job playing evil versions of themselves. And it was pretty damn awesome. It, it led to some really great things. Um, some comic, some very comedy moments, especially when it comes to Diggle and stuff like that. It was with Diggle and Flash. Diggle always throws up around the Flash and such like that. So I've always found those parts to be very entertaining as well. But there were also some really great parts. Um, I think the the highlight of that of that uh, crossover was Jackson and uh, Professor Stein because and, and this is the part when I miss Jax. I think I forgot the actor's name who played Jax, who played Jackson. Um, but he was the guy who was teaming up with Professor Stein to become Firestorm. His performance 
and Crisis on Earth X was so great, especially when it came to them coming together, because the story with that was that they wanted to basically Professor, St- uh, I think um, it was uh, Cisco and uh, and Caitlin came up from Star Labs, came up with a sort of an antidote that allowed uh, Jackson and Stein to finally separate themselves and not become Firestar, uh, Firestorm anymore. And Jackson was kind of like he he had reserves about it, but Stein knew he'd have reserves about it because he felt they they felt each other's psyche and conscience. And it became this situation, this little really heartwarming narrative where Jackson reveals like, you know, you're the only father figure that I've ever had and you're my only family right now. And to be separated like this, and I don't, and I'm not trying to be selfish and I know you love your family, you wanna be with your family, but what's gonna happen when I leave and what's gonna happen? And it became this heartwarming thing. Nobody at the time realizing that Professor Stein was gonna die. And it led to Jackson like having the most legit emotional moment for that and you really felt his emotion in this and i i love that scene i absolutely love that scene it felt so real uh it was definitely a that was the optimus the death of optimus prime moment for the show right there it really they really went out of their way to do um to go out with that and it just it dragged it grabbed you into the show it was i remember when we were watching it we were all live um texting and on uh for the facebook group at the time and people were just at all at that it was just absolutely insane for that moment man it was it was crazy but to me and i watched it again and it's still one of my favorites it's still one of my favorites elseworld uh which came just uh last year was still was really good it was also good but i still think that crisis on earth x really set the tone um but this was a prelude literally to things that are coming out um the legends of tomorrow wasn't a part of this one this only involved oliver and flash and supergirl it also premiered batwoman to set up her show as well and uh ruby ray she really made a great impression on people the show her show i love batwoman so far it's been really really good uh i do believe she's gonna uh pat the baton will be passed to her by the end of this um crisis situation on infinite earth so uh i'm looking forward to seeing what she how, how much of a pull she's going to be from this point on and what part how major of a situation she's going to be a part of in this show as well but um this also introduced the monitor in full because I believe, if I'm correct, if I remember correctly, he was tr- he was actually kind of introduced on Crisis on Earth X, but Elseworld he was fully done, and they used Elseworld to as the monitor testing them out. So this was indeed a prelude to Crisis, the true prelude to Crisis. Actually, uh, this also included some other really interesting characters that will be led into crisis on infinite earth including psycho pirate which i didn't realize that how much of a big deal he was until i read the book and it didn't realize who he was until i put two and two together when i read the book because i read the book and i saw his costume a lot of the costumes from the book are like sort i i will say it's outdated but the mask kind of gave it away and i remember watching elseworld especially at the very end and reading the book and i'm like oh that dude that dude in that last scene on elseworld that was in jail with the with the professor is going to be psycho pirate and that's what's going to happen i see and that's where the whole riot in the jail cell and everything was looking like okay it all makes sense now 
So Elseworld was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I like the guy who plays um, the monitor, and I I mean each each crossover gets more it gets better and better. The the budget goes higher and higher. I have no idea what they're going to do tonight, but I know it's going to be huge. I, I if I'm right, tonight's going to be a two parter. It's a three part series, but you got. Uh, you got Monday, which is Batman, Batwoman, and Supergirl. So that's I think there's two hour. You got Monday, which is um, Black Lightning. So that's going to be a one, and then the on Tuesday it should be another two hour version too. So that's going to be an interesting setup. So I think that's the way it's going to be set up for this week as well. And we just have tonight, which is just oh my goodness it's just gonna be awesome it's just gonna be awesome here uh i can't wait to see what's gonna happen i do i i based upon what i read and i'm gonna bring up the entire i'm gonna bring up the whole uh comic book that i read in my thoughts of the comic book. now again so i read the book which was available on the dc uh universe app i read the book and i'm reading again i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this from a perspective I've read this from a modern day reader perspective. I was not, I don't even know if I was, I don't know, don't remember how old I was when the original series came out. I don't, I doubt if I was old enough because I started reading book comics, I think during my teens, maybe like 13, maybe even 12, something like that. Even probably maybe 12, 13, 14. I started listening to, but I not, and I knew Crisis was out way before that. It was out, uh, Crisis uh, was out like way before I've even um, got a chance to, you know, start reading books. So I was far and beyond late. And if I'd seen anything that was in reference to it, it's like the cartoons, the old Saturday morning cartoons, the channels of the Super Friends and all the stuff with Dark Side and everything in there. Um, but I always knew about Crisis, but I never got into it again because I'm a, I'm a Marvel guy. So. If I had to choose over between Crisis or Infinity Gauntlet, I'm going to choose Infinity Gauntlet for a lot of reasons. Um, but Crisis was said respectfully to be a major deal, and I finally got a chance to read it. And from my own perspective, I think as much as I respect the continuity, the narrative in there, to me, and, and I, I got to realize I had to take it in because I'm like, this the dialogue the narrative is all kind of outdated dialogue and narrative that i'm used to reading so i had to just read it for what it is and i know people that are that have a whole nostalgic feel for this series uh, i know they brought the toys back in the day with the really cool toy line for that uh, back in the day um with the disc and all that stuff but it, it, it was hard for me to really get into it because i felt it like it dragged a bit it was i felt it was like six issues too long it was so much talk a lot of the issues reflected on the destruction of everything and of course i haven't read anything prior to that either so that also plays a factor in it but for what i understand the epic saga was said to be the result of dc wanting to bring order to their line of comics because before that the stories that they created was lost in translation and it came off a bit convoluted for readers of the book at the time so there was, I guess there was, is not as epic, uh, episodic as they want to, or there were some things that didn't match up. I heard, I, I, this is the part where I think I went into comics explained and, uh, the guy was, was really talking about how much it was, uh, a, a distant connection from the, you know, the wonder girl situation. 
and how she was sent over to Titans, but it still didn't make sense. So Crisis was supposed to be a whole new start of something new and, and for them to, a, a, a really good way for them to start from scratch and, you know, put in a whole new narrative for everything as well. So, um, so it was decided that they would create an event that would bring all of the characters of their favorite DC universe, uh, series together into one single universe. And in celebration of this, the CW network, along with Blonte productions created arrow, which led to this version too. So this is what we're going to see from right here. So, one of the things that I didn't notice that in the book that there virtually was not green, there was no sign of arrow or green arrow in crisis. I mean, the only time it was to me, I think was at the very end when they showed what a woman was showed a paper saying that arrow was dead. So I, and I know that I believe there might've been something about that, that they decided to scratch his comic or whatever. Um, I would need somebody to, you know, give me more insight on that if you will, but he, there was, the fact that there's a heavy focus on uh, Oliver Queen in this version of Crisis really tells me that there's gonna be a lot of change from this book, as opposed to what, uh, from, um, what we're gonna see tonight. So that was one thing. Uh, Psycho Pirate, they did show him on Elseworld, which I said, uh, he did appear on Elseworld, but in the comics, he caused a lot of corruption to various worlds and Earths um, with the, uh, you know, assisting the anti-monitor. So it's going to be interesting to see what part he's going to have tonight. And not to mention, I did notice when the professor, when that, when that professor in Elseworld got you know the energy was taken away from the book his face changed he changed it and i've seen pictures of um the anti-monitor i don't know if the guy is going to be the anti-monitor or not because we also got to look at uh nash wells who is going to be pariah in this in the tv version how that's going to play in or whatever like that so it's going to be interesting to see how they work that in you got to remember this is their version and their telling of the story so you got to just count it as another earth or another verse another universe to that extent so uh you got that um and the cool part about i can tell you the cool part about reading the book is seeing every character that i see on the on that i've seen on previous episodes or previous tv shows from there um i thought it was pretty cool to see that a lot of those characters um whether it was whether it was like uh who, who did i see like um wildcat which is actually uh is actually it's it's you know wildcat is actually in fact um i want to say jose it's not jose it's uh renee renee is supposed to be actually wildcat and I, they played him off as wildcat but he's not really wildcat in there he's like a different version of him or something like that um which i wish really wish that they would have played off on air but there were other characters as well that have been on that i've seen on that show uh that one that's on that book that i've seen on the show so i really felt that you know cw network has done a really great job giving fanfare heavy fanfare to you know the readers out there um interesting interesting point here uh no alexander luther in the dcw universe at least not as yet um and it looks like lex luther played by John Cryer, will be back because if you saw last week's episode, he's with the monitor. So the monitor has something very well set up and people are gonna be floored in that show when they find out that Lex is still alive. I thought that was so awesome. So again, that's something else. And if you remember from the comic book version, Luthor 
is teaming up with Brainiac. Uh, to you know, and they're both out of space, which means there's no Brainiac in the in, in the DCW universe yet, or the Arrowverse yet. Um, they have yet to do that, so there's no way that he can be out there. So I guess this is their version of doing that scene of that by having a monitor out in space with Lex Luthor to try to you know. I I don't know what's happening with that, but I think that could be a sort of a, a reference from that situation so that's still information that we need to come to pariah um who freed the anti-monitor uh which it looks like it's going to be ha- that's one of the things that is happening on a cw network because nash wells on his dcw shows was seen freeing or believed to be freeing the anti-monitor as well from there so we got that no word on whether earth x will be added to the dcw universe as well so you have that um the origin of the monitor in the anti-monitor on the book <coughs> excuse me and their nine billion year long battle that's going to be interesting and whether they're if they're going to take from that from the book as well uh that was cool the story of harbinger we talked about that a bit um and how she met with the monitor is way different than what uh, lila just said on last week's episode of arrow and basically and the books, for those of you who know, Harbinger actually was a child uh, drifting uh, on a, you know, drifting to sea, you know, whatever ship or boat she was in um, was destroyed and she was just hanging around there and the monitor saved her as a child. And lo and behold, he, you know, trained her and raised her to be her, uh, you know, his assistant to set up and prepare for what's going on in the crisis on Arrow. Lila on there revealed Diggle, which is actually also Diggle's husband. Diggle also, by the way, if you guys don't remember from the crossovers from Elseworld uh, or Crisis on Infinite X, I believe it was. <coughs> Excuse me. No, it was Elseworld. It was Elseworld. That John in another Earth is in fact John Stewart, the Green Lantern. So there may be an opportunity and chance that we may see that on this. Uh, crossover as well so it's very possible it would be very awesome to see john diggle as because he looks the part everybody kind of thought it was and it looks like it's going to be so it looks like we there's a big possibility they, they, there's a reason there has to be a reason why they teased that um last you know for elseworld and to bring it now so i i believe that's possibly happening but lila on the show last week said that she was they talked about this on many many episodes of arrow talking about how lila and diggle were in at war in the military together and she basically you know she basically was almost dead and she told diggle a different story but the real story apparently is the monitor saved her and she vowed to assist him from there and that's how she was able to survive that whole entire thing she was destined to die at that uh when they were in war uh back then so that's what she never told him she never actually told him that at all so um that's all that's one thing there uh harbinger in the comics you know it, it's really interesting she has powers as well so be interesting to see if lila on this show will have powers as well from there um yeah that that i I really i really appreciate how they handled that part well um dab talked about diggle being a green lantern so we'll see about that um the lex and brainiac thing uh other than that no that's pretty much it and then just we'll have to see how 
this is gonna end who's gonna die is is oliver is barry really gonna die because that's the that's the focus right now is oliver i, I obviously think oliver's gonna die but the question is 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 flash really gonna die and if so who's gonna take over because wally west hasn't been around for a minute so that has been a thing and i don't know what's going to happen from here so there's no other flashes around at the time so i don't know like completely this is not going to end the same way that the book is this is obvious there's a lot of elements that is saying that this is not um based on the characters and also you got to realize there's not going to be that many characters in there as well uh that it was in there now i'm looking at the cast here we will have some really interesting people here uh kevin conroy Kevin Conroy, the great Kevin Conroy, who is the voice of Batman animated series, will actually reprise his role as the Bruce Wayne that everybody's been looking for on Batwoman. So we will get a chance to see him in there. And this is awesome because he's playing older Bruce now. So this is awesome for that. I, I can't wait to see that. Um, there's going to be some other characters playing here. There's a long list. I'm looking at the cast list right now. Um alexander alex Danvers, like everybody from every show is going to be on here but i am trying to see wait a minute wait a minute is it really saying that okay no that's brady from supergirl that's right i forgot he's going to be in there but i'm sure he's not going to have anything to do with lex luthor or you know this is because during the comic this was at the time when um brainiac had he transformed into like the ultron looking brainiac and he had his own ship and everything and you know no, nah, I don't expect the actual Brainiac in here when Brainiac 5 is uh, going to be there as well. So, no, nah, I don't see it happen. So, it, it'll be interesting because you got um, Brandon Roth who's going to be playing, you know, the Atom and somehow playing the other Clark Kent. Uh, that's going to be interesting. So, uh, Constantine is going to be in here. You got jo uh, Jonah Hex is making his return back. Huntress is making a return back. So, I mean that's awesome they also got um the guy who plays uh superman in here as well and lois lane who will also be uh moving in top um who will also be playing into their own series coming soon uh tom welling is going to be playing yet another superman as well the uh, superboy version i mean um the smallville version of superman which is awesome and that dude is jacked <laughs> so it's, it's, it's going to be really good I'm, I'm really excited about this a lot of people are um, to me I'm treating this like a pay-per-view event and I cannot be more happy and anticipated I love what the um, CW is doing and I'm looking forward to it I, I absolutely I, I, I absolutely is so excited about this so folks don't miss it it's coming on starting tonight it's going to be a five-part series I believe there's going to be two episodes tonight it could be wrong they could have it set up differently but if i was them i'd do a whole two episode two hour event tonight um i'm happy because i'm like i said i'm treating this like a pay-per-view event i'm actually getting like going to cheekies and pete's and getting like some lobster cheesesteaks and all stuff and care for tonight some uh crab fries i'm doing it all i'm doing it big <laughs> as big as you could call it big so um I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be awesome tonight. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm looking forward to talking about it because I will be reviewing this next week on the show. Uh, Follow-up review of the show and how they did and whether this worked or not or whatever. Is this is was in comparison to the other uh, crossovers, will this be the one? But 
I have no doubt. I've, I watched the other crossovers, and I think that this will do just as great as well. They have not let us down yet. I'll be very surprised if they let us down from there. So, folks, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you guys ever so much for continuing to listen to the show. Uh, please follow us on Instagram. Uh, follow me at Instagram on Xavier at Xavier. Uh, forward slash I'm sorry underscore Josiah Ah, still getting through the sickness Um, so you can follow me on IG on there you can also follow the show on iHeartRadio iTunes Stitcher Google Podcast Podbean and I'm destined for Spotify soon so stay tuned for that because it's time it's about the time I've been holding off I've been saying this since August but it's time (laughs) for me to jump on there it's just a process so I'll definitely uh, get ready for all that. I'm, I'm looking to do a lot in 2020, but let's talk about it there soon. You can follow me there if you want to listen to any of our exclusive. By the way, today is a, a sort of a uh, look back at ACMG. Today was the first announcement that I made uh, that TC Carson, a.k.a. Kyle Barker from Living Single, a.k.a. the original voice of Kratos, was coming back or was going to be on the show. Uh, I just... Uh, th- I, one of my favorite announcements, one of my all-time favorite announcements, because I did a video for it, which is on the ACMG Facebook uh, uh, group right now, and it was awesome. It was awesome to have him on the show, and if you want to listen to that full interview uh, with him and anybody else that I had on this show, go to the exclusives page on TalkTimeLive.com or type in TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusive. You can find that interview along with many, 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 many more. I can definitely and proud to say many, many more. I got probably over so far 20 to almost 30, over 20, but probably up to 30 interviews right now with people in the world of anime, comics, movies, and games. And there's no slowing down. In fact, trust me, next year, especially involving with um, Repop, there's no slowing down right now so um folks and i will my end of the year is coming so we will be focusing on some end of the year stuff coming too for this show uh and i gotta say thanks to a lot of people that help continue the drive for this show as well especially the guests uh i'm talking about shikamaru himself tom Givis, and a few and many other people as well so um we'll talk about it all soon enough again uh, the Game Awards is coming, so that will be the big focus on this week's select start. So that will probably come out on a Friday. Uh, I'm going to try to make that as short as possible because that show can really stretch on long. But I want to give my views on some things that I've seen from there. Uh, I won't do every category like I did this recent one. Just it's, it's so many categories. I'll do some of the most some of the main event categories and just give an overall for the rest. Um, and then the world premiere, you know, news that they have on air as well. We can't we'll be remiss not to talk about that because i'm predicting some big things are always coming for that as well so we'll talk about that but that all depend whether i will be in jury duty or not so we will stick on to that so cross fingers on my behalf on that so folks that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax Xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out here folks have a great week
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.